Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with the co-founder of LeadSpace, Amnon Mishore. Now, you can have the perfect business plan, having everything from marketing to distribution all laid out, but none of that means much if you don't build up a robust customer profile. Amnon has a long career specializing in big data and AI, and along with Yaron, founded a lead space on the promise that it can help businesses grow by collecting data about potential customers and transforming it into the most optimized strategy possible. Lead space is growing like crazy. So Amnon, let's get right into it. Thanks for being here today, buddy. Thanks for having me here, Drew. Yes, sir. Well, I am really curious about how this this uh, company got started. And I know a little bit about your background too. Uh, so I'm excited <laughs> to hear where we start. Uh, but tell us, what were the series of events that, that led you to starting this company? Do you want the long version or the, the shorter one? Let's go medium. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have, uh, I have an interesting background, as you said. Uh, I unfortunately can't tell you much about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I probably can tell you, but then I, I'm not sure you can actually uh, broadcast uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the details. So uh, yeah, so I, you know, the real journey starts for me at 18 years old, really. Uh, I grew up in Israel. Uh, as some, maybe you know, maybe some, some of the listeners know, everyone in Israel, when they get hit 18, they're being recruited to the, to the army. Sure. Uh, and uh, and uh, I've been recruited like to a special, uh, like I was kind of a geek, you know, good with math and all that stuff. So they uh, recruited me to a special kind of intelligence program. And then I, I spent the first, uh, uh, first part of my career, you know, where I don't know, Maybe kids in the, here in the USA at the 18. I don't. I heard some stories. I've seen some movies about what the, what on, on their mind. <laughs> uh, uh, kids, uh, kids in Israel like me were kind of taken to, to deal with some very serious stuff. Yeah. Um, and and for seven years, and then it was really I took it as a career. I actually extended the time there. Uh, and and the reason I'm, I'm kind of telling this story is because this is where really everything starts. This is where I, what I really done there again. Hopefully, uh, unfortunately, I can get to more details. Sure, is building intelligence systems. I, I was building systems for intelligence officers. Um, and uh, just imagining again. Uh, unfortunately, we're talking we're talking in some tense times in Israel right now. But uh, it's it just reminds everyone about the kind of things that uh, that that. Uh, the world needs to deal with, uh, sure. both in Israel and the US, it doesn't matter. We, we did the outside of the, all the political context that at the heart of it, we were, we felt that we convinced we were saving lives. We're trying to prevent some bad things to happen. <laughs> mm, sure. Uh, but, uh, uh, but really it was like the early 2000s. So, uh, in some sense, we, in the 18 years old, you, you're facing, you know, you're part of the new generation of, of, uh, of kids that are dealing with, uh, like building a new generation of software, a new generation of solutions. Mm. Uh, suddenly, even the intelligence went through this huge revolution where, you know, if you've seen the old uh, movies about how, how uh, people collect intelligence manually and humans and, and spies. Yeah, sources and, and things like that, yeah. <laughs> and, then the, and then in the 2000s, you had these movies of, uh, you know, cool computers and people using their hands to build an uh, intelligence picture. So it's all big data. It's all artificial intelligence. It's all about, we actually have endless amount of data and how can we find, find the bad guys mm. uh, with the little bits of data that are actually super relevant. Um, so, and, and, uh, and, and it's really a new type of software, really new type, new era in, 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 in software development where, where we call it systems of intelligence. It's, it's not just system of records. It's not just, uh, we put it, a database of class customers or a database of, of something. It's not just uh, what we call systems of engagement where you have a software that helps you to send emails to your clients or, or stuff like that or communication. It's software that it's all about, you know, creating an intelligence picture of 
uh, in again in my previous life of the, let's keep it as, as the bad guys and yep. then uh, now and then I took it further when I left the army I wanted to 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 do that I was fascinated I said wow <laughs> big data AI I then learned some computer science and statistics and economics and stuff like that and I said I want to that's what I want to do uh, and uh, but I don't want to <laughs> devote my life to more of a military kind of career I, sure. I, I had enough of that I contributed what I can contribute I really want to do that in a much more positive context I would say um, so that's really where the journey starts and and um, and I just started to work with very big companies in Israel and some international uh, and help them with my skills I said all right yeah, like I can build freelance. intelligence systems was it more like yeah. freelance consulting at that point yes which uh which is a really good way to start a business, I think, in general, because uh, uh, I, I was not born in a family that uh, encourages you to start a business. <laughs> mm. Mm. My dad worked 50 years for a bank. <laughs> My mom worked uh, 40 years for, uh, you know, for, for, for dentists. Uh, so so uh, for me, it was a big jump just to try and, and kind of create a business. So let's sell yourself first, sell what you do first. I start, started with a consulting company, but then I realized that I, I, I don't need a company around me, so I can just uh, sell myself uh, and bring all of this experience of, uh, you know, the new generation dealing with big data for the first time for military reasons. I said, okay, now com big companies starting to face, you know, I saw the future. I saw where it's going. I understand the, the type of challenges and the opportunities big companies will have if they know how to use big data, artificial intelligence to solve for some, some, some business challenges. Sure. So, so, and, and people believe me, you know, uh, as in Israel, it's a small country. So it's easy always to find a, a friend from the army that is now a CEO of a company or, uh, you know, it's easy to go through the friends and family to get started, but I find myself as a pretty robust consulting business um, and uh, help, for example, one of the big telecom companies in Israel to find intelligence on their competitors. Um, another company that in Israel that was operating in the US, they had a huge competitor and they really tried to understand who is this company? Who, is their, who are their investors? What are they up to? Uh, and, and, and through working with these companies, I found that two things. One, uh, companies actually have tons of data sitting somewhere <laughs> so I, I mentioned this big telecom israeli company yeah uh, they try to understand the pricing of their competitors they have army of salespeople out there and salespeople are just exposed to a lot of competitive information so they could if they could just consolidate the data unified and understand it they could create an amazing picture of everything going on in their market on the other hand i had another client that says uh, i'm going after a foreign market and I'm entering a new market, I'm a company in Israel trying to sell in the US market. And uh, they realize they don't have any information, <laughs> it's new. But I, we show them if just a few searches on the internet, getting the pieces together, we, could, we came back and showed them, hey, this is, we know everything about your competitor. We know their founder, we know LinkedIn just started. So we know their founder and they know who owns the company. It's actually a private investor. They actually, we found a, a wedding site and saw that the CEO and the investor actually were, uh, he was his uh, uh, godfather or something in, in his- Wow. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so we, I, just, I just say, hey, everything I've seen in the past, my military past, where you can get tons of data in different ways, it's the same thing. Companies have tons of data sitting in their databases. Companies can answer questions that they think that if only they use spies, they will answer, but no, <laughs> just search. if you just search really well and you have really good in, in collecting the dots, you can build an amazing picture. Uh, why am I wasting time on consulting? <laughs> let's, uh, let's do what I know how to do because I've done it in my past. Let's start. Uh, a product company that's really built uh, uh, like a real startup in this sense. Uh, as you probably know, Israel is a very, you know, uh, very successful, however, has a very successful high tech scene. Sure. So uh, I, I started to know too many people's, people in my uh, inner circle that became millionaires. So, so uh, also the pressure of, hey, let's just go pitch some VCs, raise money, 
uh, and start a company that could become very big, a company that could be worth millions of hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, and, and let's go this path. Uh, so so uh, I handed over my consulting business to a very good friend that still actually grew this business very nicely. So I definitely learned a lot about the non-VC funded type of business, yeah. always profitable. So that was amazing experience as well to own your real business before you take money from VCs. Because yeah. <laughs> we all know that when you take other people's money, it comes with a just, lot. Yeah, yeah, it comes with a lot. It's just a game, you know, you, you just think what to do with it. But it's your business that you started and, and you gave the bank your uh, signatures. <laughs> yeah. So if it, it's, it's a different game. So I switched from the self-funded, self, uh, you know, uh, always profitable consulting business into the product side. Um, it was pretty easy, I must say, to raise money. Uh, because if you just have a nice uh, PowerPoint deck, you say that you've been in this A200 intelligence unit in Israel and, uh, and you have some friends that already raised money, then, then they throw a million dollars and you'll say, go do something. So, wow. <laughs> uh, I think Why today did, is, yeah. Can I ask uh, what, what led you to say in, with this company, I want to take VC funding versus self-funded in the other business? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, it was not trivial because uh, you, do, you do get addicted to the idea that you can control your own business. And, uh, and maybe, and then, and yes, now when you want to switch to a full product play for services, you do need to invest capital. But I definitely first thought maybe I could get some big deals from some big companies and, and you know, bootstrap the product. Like they will fund my product and I'll build right. something and then I'll go somewhere else. So go to bootstrapping. Uh, but um, I, I can't say I would recommend that. Like uh, it's it's just too slow. And, and uh, for that kind of company, for like a product company, a software. Yeah, company. you're trying to build a very innovative intelligence AI. I probably could come up with something as a bootstrap, but it's just too slow. Uh, mm. And uh, yes, as you as you said, raising money from VCs, especially as a young entrepreneur. They take a lot of shares and they have a lot of opinions and all that. It comes with a lot. It's true. Yeah. But it's, I think it's part of the skill of starting this type of a business. It's how you manage your VCs, how you manage your board, how you manage it. You can't just say, because it comes with a lot, I, I, I'm not going to take money. Uh, sure. Just like saying, hiring a VP sales, I learned a lot of that. That takes <laughs> a lot too. You know? So, but you will that's hire right. a VP sales. Yeah. Uh, having little kids, it takes a Having lot. kids. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I have little kids and it takes a lot. You're doing it. Yeah. I, so I probably, I shouldn't have done, this is completely different things, but anyway. You're good. Yes. It, it takes a lot to hire, to kind of raise money from VCs. Uh, but, uh, but it, 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 I think it's, it's the right thing to do for the type of, of vision and, and things I wanted to build. Yeah. So what did you do after getting that initial uh, investment? Uh, yeah, you said that I, I'm trying not to make it too long. You said the medium-sized story. So anyway, <laughs> I'll, uh, so, you know, so you get some money, you have no idea what you're doing because I've never done this type of a business. I mostly sold in Israel. And so I know how to sell, interact with clients, but never done it in the US because, you know, you don't even think to, to do it in Israel. It's too small of a market. So, so you need to start figuring things out. <laughs> um, and, and the first, you know, the first question, someone like me that comes more from the technology side, the, 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 you know, we have, we know how to deal with data. We know how to use AI. But what is the application, right? What, what, right? How people are going to use your highly, you know, innovative technological skills? So it's the classic: we have a technology, but we don't have an app. <laughs> um, and 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 so that was the big first question we had to deal with. And unfortunately, we we listened to our investors, <laughs> uh, and uh, investors were like. Uh, you know, high, you know, tier one American VCs and say, you know, with what you can do, you know, you know, they thought who can translate information into money in the best way? Mm. Uh, you want to guess? Would it be I'll like the Facebook? Would it be? Uh, some... It was uh, before Facebook. It's, they just started. <laughs> I don't know. What would it be? 
You see, never the interviewers never put you on the spot. You see, this. That's right. <laughs> That's, I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. So uh, the question uh, is, who who is transferring information into money? Into money, yeah. Where, where information can be translated into money? Would it be something like a search engine, like Google or Yahoo or something? Yeah, you're too much in the internet. Uh, yeah, oh. financial investors. That's it. Oh. You know, yeah, that's what they yeah. do for a living. They take yes. information, they translate it into investment ideas and money. So, so that's where we took the technology to. And we said financial investors are following all of the known structured attributes, but they, they don't understand. They, they don't really follow. Uh, uh, they, they can still have uh, a really good grasp of all of the unstructured information out there in the sure. internet or organization. So, and we are really good in natural language processing and semantics. So let's do that. And to cut a long story short, it, it was, uh, it took me a year to understand that uh, you can't just be a technologist that understand technology and solve business problems. And financial investment is such a nuanced, such a professional, deep professional expertise that, I, you know, I, I really couldn't come up with the, a solution that will solve, you know, this, this type of problems. Uh, yeah. You need to be really an expert. You can't just be a, a technological expert. You need to have a subject matter expertise. And now me and my co-founder, we didn't have that. So, and then uh, we realized, and then uh, we will, uh, then we found it. Then, then a very smart man. So in some sense, you know, every founder comes in and say, I had an amazing idea and I was like, None of this was my idea. <laughs> just other people show me the light. You know, yeah. this guy, this person told me I had this problem, and then I, then the investor told me don't do that. It was a mistake. But then I did get the right advice. Uh, I met an amazing person, uh, Yochis Lonin, who told me uh, that B two B sales and marketing, uh, business to business. Uh, he, he told me I was a CEO of B two B company. He was. He was part of Mercury software, a huge Israeli success, and then sold another company like an Israel uh, high-tech tycoon. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's amazingly low-tech. It's and and it was you know it was uh, almost ten years ago. I I can't say that things are dramatically changed. Still, you know, there's a tons of technologies and investment, and people are overwhelmed by the type of tools they can buy to do better sales and marketing. In, in, yeah, absolutely. But it's still far behind maybe the consumer uh, consumer marketing business and, and the ability of the consumer about marketing to uh, utilize data, AI, machine learning, all these kind of things to understand the consumer behavior and to predict what they want to do and, and buy. Yep. So, uh, so he told me, hey, B2B is so far behind and it's really people buying contacts and trying to call them and stuff like that yeah oh yeah or yeah now they have website automation people come in fill in a form but you're still the same it's contacts and you call them <laughs> and then you spend them with emails and you know it's it's still you know and again that was five ten years ago and and it was even more so than today and and then i realized hey this is not as financial investors this is not as hard to learn uh you know sales and marketing i'm doing it as a business owner you know it's something i can understand uh, and B, I was fascinated how much it's close to my my military past. Because yeah, creating a profile almost <laughs> right on gathering of, information. Of, and 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 where in consumers, you know, every person could buy. And B two B, it's a super targeted group of people within companies that are likely to buy or whatever ERP software, disaster recovery, IT stuff, whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it just requires a completely different approach to how you build those profiles, how you target them. And, and, and then I look what are using today and I realize how the same stuff I've seen, they either uh, buy some contact, they, they treat people like contacts, like consumers, like it's just a name and an email. Uh, and they, they really, it's really hard to build a real uh, profile of a person in a company that buys the mm. software because it's not just a contact <laughs> it's uh it's the per b2b persona what we like to that persona uh, this is the person in charge of buying software in general this is the person in it that is in charge of applications that this is the user of those systems and so there are different personas yeah and and a buying decision is actually made by a team it's not made by a person and then, and those team are sitting in a in a in a company, but a company is, is you know Bank of America is not 
it's not one company. It's like actually many, many different business units and entities that have their own budget and their own uh, way of buying things. Um, so, so, and, and so I, I said, wow, <laughs> I, that's, I spent seven years of my initial career building, you know, solving complex profiles like that. I thought that's military. I'll never do that again. And I said, yeah. oh, wow, this is so, so much the same. <laughs> and I have, I've done it from age of 18. Uh, I can solve that. I can, I can get, just do that. So, um, so we changed the company name into Lead Space uh, from what it was before. We raised more money. Uh, I moved to, you know, then at some point I moved to the States because uh, till then I was just living on airplanes and uh, it's just wow. fun when you have a baby at home and all that. Uh, so I moved the family to San Francisco and uh, yeah, so that's, that's the medium uh, size uh, story i can i can go no i love it <laughs> fascinating to, to wrap that part up of the story my curiosity is so what did the product actually become yes. right yeah um you know it's uh I, I told you the first challenge is let's find the application so okay found an application but yeah uh but it needs to make money it needs to be competitive it needs to so there's so many uh decisions that's, that's back to, I know there's many entrepreneurs listening and trying to learn. And so at least the type of business I, I started, it's, uh, it, it's not about just an idea. It's, it's not. <laughs> As you see, I never had an idea. It's just, yeah. it's, uh, it's about knowing where you can deliver unique value proposition uh, and have the capability. And even if you don't know exactly where you're going to end, you, you just, you have the expertise and you're focused on a market that needs, that has a real problem. And then you're figuring things out. Yes. Uh, I never uh-huh. had just an idea. And I came with like 20 ideas along the way. And I pivoted and changed. There's no one idea that I could say, that's it. It's, I, I, I brought expertise, I had a market and some investors believe that I can do that. So they gave me some money. So, and then I, I had many good partners along the way to, to help me get there. So that's kind of a, uh, to cut the whole long story short, but, uh, but, uh, just to get a little bit of the how we developed the idea, because it, maybe it's interesting. Because um, what is AI? AI is artificial intelligence, and a lot of people talk about it. But when you go and talk to big companies, and you see how many where actually AI impacts their business today, not much. It's it's uh, it, it, in consumers. It's yeah, it impacts my uh, my phone. It impacts my car. It can drive itself. It, that's amazing stuff happening in the consumer world right. uh, based on artificial intelligence, like a machine have intelligence that, that is similar to what a person has. Uh, in the business world, it's just starting. I don't think it's, it's really much there yet. Uh, so, uh, so what I started is to say, okay, where should I bring this intelligence? And, and I, I looked at salespeople. That's, that's the first thing I saw. Cause I felt this is, cause when you trying to train a machine to do something that a person does, you need you need the machine to learn to train from yeah. individuals doing something over and over again, which is quite complex. <laughs> and I looked at salespeople, especially inside salespeople, the people on the phone, they're over and over again. Repetition, to, repetition, repetition. To reach yeah. a client and to, to find the right person and to get them on the phone or get them engaged somewhere, email, social, whatever, and, and pitch them. And, and that's what I, I said, oh, wow, that's something I can train a machine to do. Because I saw, hey, the first thing this salesperson does is actually doing exactly the same thing the intelligence officers I used to work with <laughs> in the army. I know salespeople are always people that people like to say bad stuff on there. I'm saying the opposite. These guys are like intelligence officers. That's what mm. I, I saw. Like the most, uh, the smartest people that are trying to, to create uh, a, puzzle. a solution to a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and even before that, they need to find the person they, that cares about what they have to sell, and they connect the dots and say, "Hey, this company probably needs my solution because they just raised money, and then uh, and then it's actually a big company, but I'll find the IT, and actually I have a friend working there. <laughs> They're yep. building this picture in their head, and then they're searching in like ten different places to put this puzzle together, and said, "Hey, I can build a technology that search in those ten places." put the puzzle together and then they train themselves in the head who is the person that probably will care about what I have to sell so I'll say let's train the system as well uh, so uh, 
so we came up with this really cool, we call it Pandora for leads. Uh, back then, Pandora was cool. Now it's oh, yeah. Spotify. <laughs> but it was a new <laughs> concept. Pandora. So. <laughs> oh, you're still using it? Really? No, I'm not still okay. using it. <laughs> yeah. Pandora. I have a user too, yeah. yeah. But, and, and, and this is what I, I like to say. It's, some, it's more of a small data problem. And that's what Pandora did well. You, know, you give them a few examples. And then, and then uh, it, it gets there. So then, and then it tunes it uh, over, you know, it gives you suggestions, but a few examples. So we build that idea. Cause again, B2B, you don't have millions of consumer buying your product. You don't have millions of data points. Um, and then we realized that if you can do it for the individual salesperson, I can use the, uh, the platform for much more than that. Cause it's not just about salespeople looking for leads marketing bringing leads. So then we started to get those big deals from very big, cool companies. So today we, uh, pretty much most of the big software companies work with us. Uh, Microsoft are sending uh, almost 100% of their leads globally through lead space to build this intelligence picture we're talking about. Uh, wow. Zoom, uh, we're using Zoom now. So Zoom is, uh, we kind of helping them to manage this amazing amount of information that you can just imagine, you know, I can say anything about it, but you just oh, I'm can sure. imagine how much information they get in this, what's called Zoom boom year, where uh, everyone has a Zoom account uh, and, um, and, and, and Oracle and NVIDIA and Intel. So we work with all these big companies that said, uh, we're tired of not knowing about our clients. <laughs> so, and we build this, what we call unified customer intelligence platform for B2B enterprises. And uh, yeah, that's where, pretty much where we are today. Holy crap, that story got ramped up fast. We <laughs> here's what I'm developing to Microsoft is using us, Zoom yeah. is using us. Man, well done. That's crazy. Uh, uh, it was not that fast, you know. Everything oh, I know, fast. I'm sure. The story goes fast, but the reality is always uh, hard how you sell to these big companies. Uh, how do you serve them on an ongoing basis? You know, obviously there's a lot of uh, privacy rules and, and, you know, you can't just build profiles in the way I used to. Everything needs to be uh, compliant. And, and so to, to build software for big companies uh, takes a lot of work. Yeah. Too, after you figure it out. All right. So if, if my company hires you, can I get you to go put a bug inside the house of my, of, <laughs> of my potential right. customer? And can we do that? Or is that illegal? Uh, oh, yes, it's illegal. I believe <laughs> I never tried. Uh, I must say, you're actually touching a very in interesting crossroad in, 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 in my career in the story. Because when I did the consulting, uh, people did say, hey, you're an ex-intelligence. You can do some shady gray yeah. zone stuff. Yeah, right, uh, right. Starting from go, go, uh, send people to <laughs> look at garbage cans for information or all that stuff. And... And at that point, I was like, uh, say, hey, there's enough way to make money in this world. <laughs> without doing that. Uh, without doing that, exactly. Yeah. Just, just, yes, don't take any business opportunity uh, goes in front of you. Uh, that, yeah, just put this thing behind you. It's not what you're doing anymore. Yeah, and uh, when you work in a more military context, there are some other things you can do, you cannot do. This is, you have new, <laughs> this is the rules. <laughs> never go into any anything like that so yeah it's and and again what's amazing it's it's uh one of my clients early clients when we show them an intelligence picture that we built from the internet like no hacking nothing publicly available information uh one of the salespeople in the company he actually moved to the competitor and then he sued our client because he said that they are using spies and, and, and like no. illegal intelligence to collect information because he said there's no way they could do they could know all that. <laughs> wow. Did the lawsuit get thrown out? <laughs> yes, because my client, they came back to us and we gave them back. This is our references of what yeah. information. And they sued him back. As I say, you just, you just expose the internal info. So, it just show you the potential of if you can just arrange data that is publicly available inside our side of the organization and just unify, you know, how powerful it could be. <laughs> oh, so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. again, I, I, I was joking, but I do think about my business and in any business thinking like, yeah, if you could have a better understanding of the, the people, the entity, the business that you're trying to connect with, I can just intuit how much more targeted you could be in your marketing, yes. in your sales efforts, 
but can you speak maybe a little more specifically like what is the difference yes. using something like your product and what changes for the company versus what they were doing before without it yes and um yeah so let's take one of those uh, microsoft zooms that that we work with uh before lead space you just have a record in your database uh that has a zoom account or a down you know is just having a free user in microsoft systems uh, you know products or, or whatever and so it's an email address sometimes it's just a personal email address and uh you know in general people don't like to provide too much information and then it's not just about the privacy it's just you know i want to use microsoft software i don't want to start telling them all that, that i work for lead space and it's a growing startup in the sure. high tech and I, I just want to use your software and I, I don't want to you know I don't have issue for you to know that I'm working for this company and all that I just don't give you this information because it's, it's I don't need to yeah uh, where when you buy a consumer product there's not much to tell you know you, you're just saying I want your product you give your email you give your so there's a lot of there's much more context uh, to a b2b purchase so but this context is completely missing in when someone downloads a software or using a zoom or sure uh, and and even zoom like it could be just a school but maybe this school is a part of a bigger bigger school uh, district or school or a kind of network so so maybe and maybe the person that decides on buying a communication software is just one it person that sits in a in a in a bigger company it's in a bigger school district for example so so our software will take this email or this very simple uh, contact record in the database and tell you that it's actually uh, what company this person works for or could be a school or organization what part of a bigger organization is this this is uh, who are the other people in this organization that you should care about uh, what's the likelihood of this organization to buy relative to everything we know so there's a lot of statistical scoring cool. going on um, and uh, yeah, and just create what we like to call single source of truth, like information you can trust that you can consistently operate on uh, without you need to do all that manually, which is really what sales or marketing people are doing today. They're just yeah. searching for data all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow, super cool. Um, as we look at the, the, the whole story, especially starting from the actual beginning of this particular company to where it is today, what were what were some of the most challenging parts about getting it to where it is today? Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a big computer game. <laughs> uh, it's which means that you, you you fight in one level, and then you have the I don't know the the bad guy at the end of the level that you need to <laughs> eliminate. Boss, right? <laughs> to boss, yeah, the yeah. the boss. And you think that you've done amazing and you finish the level, and then what happens? You just get to the next level. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and now the boss is actually three bosses, and they. Uh, uh, so uh, be, because you know I've been doing that for about ten years, uh, I can definitely. This is like every year and a half ish. You're in a different level, different challenge. It's I can't point my finger on one thing. Yeah, and you know, obviously, when you're nobody, just the art of the start is a huge challenge. You know, what do you do if you don't have money, but you need to do something to raise money? It's a chicken and an egg problem. How do you solve for that? Yeah. And then you raise money. And then again, uh, how do you come up with something that people want to buy? <laughs> you done that. Then how do you uh, build Convince a Convince you know, your machine? first customers, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So every time uh, there's a challenge, I can say the challenge we have now, and, and every time it's harder. By the way, I have to say, people, before you raise money, you look at all those guys and those the cool high-tech, you know, entrepreneurs, the startup entrepreneurs that raise some VC money, and you look, oh, their life is so great, they have yeah. money. And then, no, <laughs> you raise money, it comes with a lot of uh, commitment. So, uh, so I believe it's like computer because every time it's harder. So that's why I was to tell myself, don't don't think, okay, I'll solve that challenge then. No. Uh, so so right now, the the thing that we're really is is the the growth stage it's uh you're always behind in resource you always <laughs> you're growing fast you never have enough resource enough people enough things figured out to, to support the growth 
So, so people work really hard and, and, and you need to take very talented people that do a lot of stuff and you need to start structuring what they're doing and put processes in place and put uh, something repetitive because now we're into taking uh, a company that is uh, growing and mid-size into a company that is a big company. So, and it's a huge challenge. It's very, so hard. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how, many people, how many people currently are, is the size of the organization? So we're about a hundred, but... Now we are. Uh, we just raised uh, a nice D round, and we're now uh, hiring a lot of people. So uh, yeah, that, that's fun. <laughs> you need to tell them what to do, and the market is uh, <laughs> yeah is asking for more. So you're always behind. Uh, yeah. And, so trying and, to keep uh, up with demand right now. Yes. Yeah. 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 It also sounds like um, I like the hyper company, hyper growth companies to me are like a rocket ship, right? And Creating the first rockets at first was just technically challenging to figure out how to create the rocket itself, right? The propulsion system that could get up out of the atmosphere. After that, that's no longer the problem. The problem is how to get the rocket itself to survive the speed and the friction of the actual rocket. I right? love the metaphor. I and love the metaphor. I'll use that's it. How it is with a hyper, <laughs> that's how it is with a hyper growth yes. company. It's like yes. the speed is awesome. We figured out how to get this thing going. But now, how do we how do we make sure that every bolt and nut that we put in there can withstand it? How do the people on the ride survive and not not die because of the speed, right? And that's the challenge. It sounds like. Do you have trademark on that? Can I use that or? Uh... I, we don't. We haven't actually officially trademarked it, but it is. I do use it a lot <laughs> when good. I'm doing it's, coaching. Yeah. It's uh, it's so true. Uh, yeah. And you can't you cannot cut corners anymore. No. It's it's not a prototype anymore. It's yeah. A, it's a real deal flying in a uh, thousand miles an hour and, uh, and, yeah, yes, and it's every, every everything. bolt, everything can, can suddenly take it out of uh, shape. That's so, right. Uh, it's so, it's so true. Yes. Yeah. So how are you guys thinking about uh, solving that challenge right now? Is there any, any, is it still in that gestation of like, we're just digesting right now that this is where we are and how or, or are we already starting to put some things in place? Uh, this is where, as a very kind of creative type of entrepreneur, this is where you actually need to first be disciplined on yourself. Yeah. (laughs) You cannot come up with new cool ideas anymore every day as I used to. (laughs) to, Because that's the challenge. That's that's why sometimes tech entrepreneurs, they cannot lead companies to the next stage because these are over creative people. They just want to do new stuff all the time. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think first there is an emotional, mental uh, shift that uh, that people like me needs to do, and 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 the, and I, you know, I'm speaking on myself, but I, I believe strongly that you do want the founder entrepreneur to be there along the journey, all you know, along the longer journey, because you know that the passion, the vision, that that that's critical for the organization. Yeah. But if the entrepreneur is not disciplined, and and they are they keep acting like it's an early stage company. Uh, it, it, that's an issue. So, so first, I'm working on myself. Hey, <laughs> you need to be, and 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 we just uh, have a new CEO, uh, Alex Yoder, and he really helped me. He came in to say, "Okay, now that's your challenge. It's uh, we, we know you're great, coming up with very cool technological ideas and solve problems for client. All that. Now we're building a. We need to make sure the rocket ship that flies a thousand miles an hour is yeah. uh, is tight and and and. Um, so, so, so you need to reinvent yourself yeah. part of the game. Uh, and, and then, and it's less about being creative. Now it's really building a business. So back to hire the right people. Uh, one of the things that you learn is, is really important to taking your, your rocket ship metaphor is like point the target, you know, <laughs> everyone needs yeah. to know where, where the rocket is going. Yes. And then everyone needs to know what their part in. And getting there. In getting there, you yeah. own the engine. You own the yes. <laughs> cleaning it all the time. You know, you own. So, uh, great metaphor, Drew. Again, uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's it's about thinking about the organization as a as a team that needs to get the rocket into a very specific spot. You need to your, my 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 the CEO, the board. We need to say where we need to go, and. Uh, and, and then you obviously need the, the best people, but this is not the type of people maybe you I hired in the first place. The first place you hired all around players. Generalists. Yeah, generalists like you. Yep. Do everything. 
Yep. Now you need the specialist. Now you need That's right. people that know how to do customer service really well. You need to know the people knows how to do, uh, you know, B two B brand marketing really well. Uh, so uh, it's and it's and you know, I said it in a like a negative way that it's every time it gets harder. That's it. That's the fun. That's yeah, I could. I think I could do it. That's why people years. play video games. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they keep going to the next level because they. <laughs> yeah. If it was a decreasing challenge, you'd give up on the on the, on the video game. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, people ask me why do you do ten years? You should do something else. Whatever. No, every year is something else. It's a new level. I'm reinventing myself. Reinventing yeah. The company. And the rewards Obviously, get bigger. And the rewards get bigger. You get more uh, coins or whatever game you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that's that's the story. Yes. Oh man, that's so cool. And, and it's it's really neat that you and it sounds like your COO have some of that self awareness that like some of the strengths that have been critical up until this point have to change in some sense. And we're, we're you were talking about you specifically being the creative visionary, right? Having a lot of new ideas was critical to this thing getting off the ground and all the pivots and all the, you know, the, the new use cases and stuff like that. But at the same time, my question for you is how do you pivot your role without almost neutering yourself? Right. So, so what, what I, what I mean is like you have, you're still the same person with the same skill set, right. But you're realizing in some context, it could distract the mission. It could, add too many creative ideas into something, but we also don't want to lose your strength, right? So how does the company most leverage your ability right now in a new way, almost in like a new for in a new expression? Um, so uh, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I actually feel very comfortable. I think we've done it really well. Cool. Uh, maybe some, I have many friends, entrepreneurs, and, and I, I know many, many stories. And, and I actually think we, we're nailing it pretty, pretty well. Um, I think one thing is uh, I, I, am, I own the product management and the company. So Amnon, you used to think about everything all the time, focus on what you are best, what you know how to Perfect. do. And this is my natural spot. This is what yeah. I do really well. I know how to understand clients, translate to technology, define products, work with the engineering team to, to make sure we build them the right product. And, uh, and, and I do feel like sitting at the side uh, of the client as a shareholder, I would say, yeah, I feel comfortable that this guy Whatever it is, whoever it is, was he was the found whatever. I, I feel this is the best hire we will do to own to product manage this. So I have a specific thing I own, and I'm accountable for that. Like every other C-level employee in the company, I have some ownership. I need to report to the CEO, to the board. I need to. I have my goals. I, I just, I'm just a, a, an executive in the company. Yep. That's head number one, and head number two is. I really feel that in 50% of my time, I spend helping others do their job. Because uh, there's always a piece of information and advice, a perspective that I can provide to the head of sales, the head of marketing, the head of customer sure. support, success, uh, because I've done it so many years. I know, you know, I, 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 so, so 50%, I need to have a day job. I need to own something. I need to be executive in the company, just like everyone else. And yes, let's still remember that I can probably help every person in the company do their job, but I'm doing it because I'm just helping them do the job. I'm yeah. not telling them what to do. I'm, not, I'm just giving them. So they know that before they go back to the CEO, they can take advice from me because I probably can see something that they couldn't see. Yeah. And if they feel it's not political, they feel it's just for them to help. It's a resource for the other people. Um, it feels right. It feels that we're doing the right thing here. Love it, man. So glad to hear that. Again, in my experience, I've seen that stage sometimes shut down that, 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 that founder's superpower instead of refocus it. Right. Yes. And it sounds like you guys are doing a good job of saying like, Hey, all we're, we're just purposing it. We're saying, Hey, we don't need that here anymore. We need it here and yes. making sure you're still unleashing your unique ability into the company. Um, and that sounds like what you guys are doing. Yes. And it's interdisciplinary. I can. I feel I can contribute from my knowledge in any place in the company. Sure. But the fact we turn it into a le an informal level of communication where I, I advise my peers, and I don't need to force myself. They come to me because they want to uh, hear an advice. It's it's a super 
useful way to can take advantage of all the learning and the passion and the knowledge and then you know that I can bring to others but still as you said I have a day job which is specific in the org and, and that's it so yeah it, it feels right and and uh, uh, yeah and, and I, I and I'm having fun too that's important too I, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah yeah oh so cool what what would you say has been um, one of the best things you guys have put in place for your business you can think about this however you want. If it's something that's helped the culture or systems or what's the what's the kind of top of mind? When we put this in place in the company, we just really got a great return on that investment. Wow. There's so many directions I could take that. Uh, right. I know. I know I asked a very broad question. No, this is, this is, yeah, it's, uh, I try not to think from where I usually naturally think, which is a product. Yes. So. Uh, I still, I, I listened to some of the previous interviews, you know, the podcast that you made and everyone come from a different angle and, uh, and people talk about, you know, knowing the customer and, 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 and creating a culture and, you know, all of these things are very, are critical to, to build the right business. And if you nail them and get them right, it, it can push the organization together uh, yeah. forward. I, I still feel strongly that uh, for a company in our space, you know, the company in our, our type kind of a company, uh, nailing a product that everyone believes in, you know, it's it just people forget. It's, it's still what, this is what defines us. We are here to build a product that people want and want to buy. So, so uh, I always felt that uh, when, you, and when you come up with a, a new product concept that creates clarity to the team of what you're really doing and, and, and being able to, and, and a belief that this is what the market wants. And yes, we can take this product and, and sell it and market it and everyone will understand it. It's, uh, it sounds trivial maybe for some people who are listening to that, but in, in the enterprise no. software world, it's not because there's a lot of vague things that people promise and, and there's not much behind it. I, I sometimes call it service as a software for software as a service, like people <laughs> <laughs> sell your software, but then there's a lot of people running around to serve it. So, so, uh, so we've done it several times in the history of the company. We feel we're doing it now. We're coming yeah. with a, a kind of the, the, the third generation of our product. It's not in the market yet, but we showed it to the team. People understand it, people excited about it. And, and you see the effect that it has on the entire organization. Uh, we're, we're not here just to sell stories or sell a bunch of tools or sell lots of stuff. There's a very clear product that, uh, that the market can fall in love with. We need to fall in love with. And, and so uh, I think still product-driven <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, point of view of the world, I would say. I love that. I want to ask one question that um, I really like to ask when I'm talking to someone who's clearly kicking some ass and has built their company to a, a really uh, exciting place, right? And it's this. I know everybody has to pay a dummy tax somewhere along the way, right? Where because you didn't know what you didn't know, you ended up having to waste time or waste money on something that if you had to go back again or you start another company, you, you'll remember like, I already learned that lesson. It was costly. Let's not do it again. Uh, and again, because when we hear stories like yours, sometimes we go, Oh, they don't have any problems. They did everything right from the beginning. Not me. I don't know how to do that. And so I like to learn from people's dummy taxes because maybe it, it keeps us from, from making the same mistake, right? Um, can you think of anything at any, point this, at any point of the story from the time you got out of the military to now that was particularly a costly mistake you made that you've learned not to make again? I'm the type of entrepreneurs that like to say, I've done every possible mistakes along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was perfect. Nothing. Yeah. So uh, every crossroad I could say, yeah, I obviously got some things right, but I also made a lot of mistakes. Uh, it's starting by just choosing your co-founder. Uh, amazing guy. I don't know if you listen to that. Uh, yeah. Friend, really good friend. But it's just identical skills to me. So <laughs> yeah, not the right fit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and also really good friends. Sometimes it's good, it does well because you know each other. Sometimes it's actually harm your friendship. So, so, uh, so choosing your founder, I don't, I'm not sure I, I, I did uh, absolutely the right thing. Uh, then hiring. So then I, I actually it's pretty early on. Uh, 
I, I think that's a decision, the right decision I took. I said, okay, I don't have to be the CEO of the company. There's always this uh, question, is this tech founder should take the company all the way and, and be the CEO or not? Uh, I think when you have other co-founders, it's maybe easy, but when you're by yourself, uh, and, sure. and you really, and what you really do, do well is building product. It, it's not a bad idea to, to bring someone who can build a business, I'll help you to build a business out of it. So. So that was a good decision, but then finding the right CEO took us a lot of time. <laughs> you, 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 we hired some people uh, in the early, early stage that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you hire them because you think they are something and then not. So we had to, you know, you know, hire a CEO, fire him after three months and stuff like that. So we've done yeah. this mistake and then picking the app. I, I gave you some of that, you know, I, I mentioned some of that, like, I'm not sure we picked the, fir- the, the first app we built maybe was not, was a really cool app, but was not the right way to make money in the business. So I had to pivot that. Uh, I love it. And many mistakes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why, and, that's and, why and I once asked. you learn, if you don't do, you don't make mistakes. Exactly. So it's a cliche maybe, but it's so true. It's like, take it easy. Yes. You're going through a computer game and you'll have your, you know, you lose some, you'll fall into the hole. You'll <laughs> just be consistent and have something to rely on, which is still for me, product market fit. I know I have something mm. the world needs that doesn't exist today. And that's my North star. And that's how I either make the right decision or not, but I keep going. That's uh... so good, man. Thank you. This has been so, so awesome. I want to get to our lightning round questions. because I want to take up too much more of your time on this Friday afternoon. Uh, starting with question number one, if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would it be? Just do it. Okay. You have an idea, you want to do something, you think it's the right thing to do, do it. Don't, don't think too much. You can make mistakes, it's fine. Just do it. Love it. Question number two, what is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business and how about the worst? Uh, be, you know, uh, hire people and be very clear of what you expect from them. <laughs> and don't expect from your employees and, and people you hire what you expect from yourself. Actually, mm. maybe maybe there's a maybe many say the same. No, you you are the founder, you're an entrepreneur, you have your own skills, you have your own passion, your own drive. Every person you hire is a little different. They have their own motivations why they're doing it. Don't assume that what works for you will work for them. So hire the right people and then create a very clarity and clear set of expectations uh, from them. And it doesn't have to be something exactly what you expect from yourself. <laughs> Love that. Love that. How about the worst? Uh, uh, that's an easy one. Just uh, give up. I, yeah. I heard that so many times. It's just either give up or why don't you do something else? And it's just such a bad advice. I, I love what I do. And I, <laughs> why should I, yeah, why should people feel they need every two years to do something else? And, 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 you know, people in the Valley here, they always think to spread their portfolio. I need to do two years here, two years here. I have stocks in this company. Stocks yeah. I don't know. I'm going to build this and in five years and <laughs> onto my next company. Yeah. Yeah. So people tell me just give up or do something else. I, I think it's a bad advice uh, unless I'll really hit the wall or, or really stop liking what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Question number three, we kind of touched on this uh, maybe a little, a little bit earlier, so you can reiterate it or you can change your answer. But the question number three is what currently causes you the most stress or worry leading the organization? Um, losing not just me but the like the people the team losing the passion and the energy yeah like a company that starts to be uh, cynical and people coming just to, it's not it's not the type of business the, the type of business i built will not survive without the passion and the energy um, yeah uh, that worries me all the time that's the thing that i always want to make sure the party <laughs> has it's a big party that needs to keep going and energize and, and, and people into it. And, and they believe that this is the right thing they need to do without that. Nothing will work. Love that. Couldn't agree. Sorry more. for the maybe more Zen like uh, kind of answers, but that's uh... no, 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 there's plenty of great, great research and back and, and to, to back that up, you know, our ability to sustain high performance with passion 
and perseverance is absolutely critical to any, any endeavor, right? Um, especially when the voyage is long and the seas are rough, right? Yes. And, and that's, that's business. And so keeping people's heads, hearts, you know, things in the game is, is critical. I agree with you. Um, okay, question number four. What is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? I didn't know it's an acronym. It's the first time I... Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't come up with it. It's a, it's a business acronym, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll give you uh, two answers. Can I? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Uh, one, uh, probably, and you, you, you know, I, I, I know you're kind of advising businesses and, 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 and probably I'll go against everything you're advised for. <laughs> I, I don't feel I need to be, I personally don't need to be uh, uh, driven by, uh, what do you say, B H A G? <laughs> Big, hairy, audacious I, goal. That's right. I, yeah. I, I, I actually like the computer game. I, I, I'm driven by focusing on the level I'm at and getting to the next level. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so that's what really drives me. Um, and and I, I don't know, I'm thinking about those athletes that I think it's another good metaphor. Uh, they are what drives a LeBron James to keep going. <laughs> you know, he has all the money in the world, he's proven enough. You know, I, I believe, I didn't ask him, but I believe he always sees the next goal. So, okay, I getting don't know better. If, if, yeah, if from the beginning he thought he will beat Michael Jordan in a number of championships, but now when he have a shot into it, now he say, okay, that's my next goal now. So yeah, I'm a little bit like that. I, I don't look on like a super far ahead, uh, but the other side of it, I do, I'm very passionate about creating a category leader, like creating a product and a category that everyone buys in yeah in the space I'm living in and and like I'm inspired by a company like an Apple you know that every year every two years can innovate with the next product everyone waiting for them to tell what is the next thing it's, it's the, this is the kind of things that I, I want to be I don't I don't yeah. aspire to have a trillion dollar company that's fine it could be a few billions of war of value but uh, it's it's about the essence of of being a category leader and being able to to innovate consistently with with new products love it. Yeah, just to, just to clarify, there's no should around it. I don't think anybody has to <laughs> has to do this or has to do that. Have you ever read the book Actionable Gamification by UK Chow? Uh, sounds like I should. Uh, no, I haven't. I feel like you would love it. So okay. my my business partner and I have been geeking out on it because we we think similarly. Like I like to think in terms of games and how could I gamify personal growth or gamify business growth, right? And yes. this guy spent years looking at the idea of gamification and even looking at where people have tried to apply it and it really misused it and it didn't help at all. Uh, but one of the things he found that is just interesting is there's at least eight different kinds of motivations that even a player interacting with a game would bring into that. And certain games play touch different parts of motivations. One might be personal progress and personal achievement. The other might be more driven by accumulation. You get to get, upgrade your character you know and they have and he's like it's the same thing in business like your motivation is likely one of at least eight motivations that might not resonate at all with that person they might have a different reason for being here right yeah um, so when i heard yours come out i was like I, oh, personal achievement one like you like to be the challenge you like that growth of yourself in the business right yes i i i, I want to add one thing on the why it's very healthy mentally to think about this whole thing as a game. Yeah, please. Because 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 you don't take it too seriously too. <laughs> yep. It's everything is just a game, you know. It's yes, it's it's money and it's uh, and you invest time. I mean, it's just it's a game, and then that helps me put things in perspective. Uh, Absolutely. Matter of life and death. It's not. It's just a, it's it's a game, and then you are in your zone, and then you're not thinking and worrying too much, and just playing the game, and you're focused. And, uh, I love the game metaphor. Yeah, I do too. I do yes. too because you think about the, a game's ability to capture your heart and your attention. Yes. And you're like, all right, what if work, what if life could capture that same amount of focus and engagement just like you did in a video game? Wouldn't yes. that make everything more rich and more and, enjoyable? And simple. Yeah, and people won't take it too hard. <laughs> yeah. People, yeah, people will say, okay, we're having a game, we're trying to win, and if yeah. not, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I lost. Uh, Let's start the level over. Let's do it again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Okay, number, what are we on, five now? Yes. This is our fun, creative question. Take it however you wish. If you could hop into a DeLorean, go back to the past, and tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window, when would you go back, and what would you tell that younger version of yourself? 
Okay, number one, uh, practice your English before you do international business. <laughs> That's, uh, it's, it was, uh, it was uh, terrifying to I'm have sure. a, a, a conversation in English. And I didn't, I, you know, With I business English, jargon I, mixed in. <laughs> yeah. To stand in front of audience and not knowing the language well enough, that was very hard. It slowed me down a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's one. Uh, I, I think what we just en- ended up with the game. Take it easy. It's a game. Yeah. Take it easy. It's all a game. You'll make mistakes. It's all good. You just focus on what you want to do. Uh, and, and, and that's something I learned over time. And if I knew it when I started, I think I would be more in my zone, more focused, less worried, just doing the right things, probably less mistakes. Because uh, I was uh, playing a video game, not not playing with my life and taking these decisions and taking the, you know care of family, all these kind of big yeah. uh, things yeah. that you worry about makes you just not being in the zone. Uh, just yeah, just paralyzed. Busy. It? It's a game. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's destructive a little bit. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, buddy, this has been so fun. Uh, truly, one of one of my favorite conversations uh, I've had in a while. Don't tell the other guests, but I've loved this. <laughs> Uh, man, thank you for making time to be here. Um, I know, you know, your wife is traveling back from Israel right now. Our thoughts and yeah. prayers are with her to get back home yeah. safely. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> thank you for continuing to play the game because in so doing, you're able to share with us, not just your product and your service and your company, but the wisdom you learned along the way. Uh, so thank you for that. And thank you for being here. Thanks, Stuart. It was uh, real fun for me too. Thank you. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.